0: You're listening to a special edition of My Safe LA's Fire and Life Safety Podcast, remembering the Northridge earthquake 20 years later. Welcome to another in our special series of My Safe LA Fire and Life Safety Podcast. I'm Todd Lights, Public Information Officer for My Safe LA, and I'm joined by Battalion Chief Steve Ruta of the Los Angeles Fire Department. Chief, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us on this important anniversary.
1: Yes, it is an important anniversary, and thanks for having me.
0: Sir, what was your rank and assignment with the LAFD at the time of the Northridge quake?
1: I was a captain at Fire Station 27 in the heart of Hollywood um, with the Los Angeles Fire Department. But uh, I was scheduled to be report for work at 6.30 on the morning of the quake. And uh, at 4.30 uh, is when the, the quake hit. So it was an unbelievable awakening.
0: And as I understand it, you live in the epicenter uh, you you were living in Northridge at the time.
1: Yes, my family and I. Of course, it was a holiday weekend, so I had my my wife, my two daughters, and but my son was uh, spending the night uh, at a friend's house, so he was not in the house. Uh, he was up in Granada Hills, and we are about a half a mile, three quarters of a mile from the epicenter, from uh, basically Reseda and Lassen, uh, just about a mile from uh, the Northridge Meadows. And when that earthquake hit, uh, I thought it was my wife waking me up for work. And uh, I didn't feel the bolt at first, but uh, realizing, I said, I'm up, I'm up, thinking that uh, I was late for work. And so then I realized uh, what what was going on, and I pulled her immediately from the bed. And we took refuge uh, in the area right next to the mattresses on the floor. And that's a good thing because um, we had a picture over our bed, and when the earthquake started to take off, the pitcher came off the wall and slid like a guillotine right between the mattress and the headboard. So if my wife had still had been in bed, if I had not pulled her to the ground, I'm sure she would have re- received a significant head wound. And then once the shaking started, I left my wife there. And as being a professional firefighter, I mean, we've been into very tough situations. But it's always much more tougher when you hear the cries of your children Coming from the darkness of a swaying building in your own home, and so I left my wife. I, I pulled her into the middle of our upstairs. We have a two-story house, and I went to the bedrooms where the girls were at, and I, I told them to come to my voice. He said, "Well, we don't see you. We don't see you." I said, "Just come to my voice. Come to my voice." So we got him out of the bedroom and we took shelter in the at the top of the stairway. And that place was good because there were no windows, no doors, no furniture that could collapse on us. And Todd. It was like a freight train was going through our downstairs house as we were being shook, and um, it was quite a quite an experience.
0: Wow. Um, just describe that shaking. Uh, you, you mentioned it was, it was like a freight train, or that, that was the sound, and people often uh, describe that. But being so close to the epicenter, boy, you guys must have been rocking and rolling.
1: Well, actually, uh, the house itself, pretty sturdy-built house, but uh, you could hear um, things breaking and crashing, and windows breaking, and uh, the, the wall outside of our home was, had collapsed. So you hear all this thundering, clapping noise. Uh, the, 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 the audio remembrance of car alarms just echoing down the neighborhood uh, as the cars were being shaken, so their car alarms were going off, and so. I, I, I was able to keep calm because I knew uh, the Christmas before, uh, I had prepared earthquake kits for all of my family and placed them underneath the beds. And I knew that I could get my family outside, come back to the house, and get all the earthquake kits, quickly grab them, and then get them out to them so that they were able to dress. Because we're, you know 30 in the morning, we're still all in our nightclothes. And so I had the children dress, put on shoes, have a jacket, uh, we had water. We had things that we needed immediately, and that really brought a sense of calm to me that uh, we, could, we were safe, and then I had to go retrieve my son, and my son was uh, staying up in Granada Hills, and that was a devastation up there as well. We had to cross uh, Balboa and Rinaldi area, and that's where the gas lines broke yes. and the and the water mains broke, so we had to cross Balboa. And I look to my left, and all I see is flame-length as tall as buildings coming out of the street in geysers of water from broken hydrants and water mains. So I went and retrieved my son so I could bring my family all back together, and then we were able to uh, to set up a secured area at my home where we were able to take all my earthquake kits that I had for my children. And also, I had also prearranged to have... Um, Trash barrels on wheels that I had filled with food and water and medical supplies and tools and equipment, pulled them out rapidly and uh, kind of established a a family command post, if you will, and being able to help other neighbors that, that weren't necessarily ready as we were. But then again, um, you know, this seemed like it was going on forever, and then I still had to report for work because I was on duty as of uh, eight o'clock that morning, and I knew that if my house was in the epicenter how else must the rest of the city be? So once I got my family secured, we were able to communicate to our families. Um, my father-in-law has a motor home, and so he uh, was his way out in the desert, so they were unaffected. And he was, he, we told him we need his motor home rapidly, so he made plan to come into the city and, and bring the motor home so we would have a place to live um, prior to, uh, to my coming back from duty, which I was on duty for uh, three days. So when I got to work uh, at Fire Station 27, nobody was going home. We were all uh, on duty, the oncoming ship, firefighters were coming on duty, and I knew my wife and family were secured, uh, and we went to work. Uh, Companies were being brought out to the valley, Uh, a lot of fires in the valley, but uh, fortunately all the fires were contained by 11 o'clock that morning, which is kind of a miracle in its own right. And then reporting to work in Hollywood, we had some several issues in Hollywood, gas line ruptures, a couple of structure fires. And then later that night, I went back to the valley, got my family, and I told all my other firefighters, if you want your family to stay with you at the fire station, let us make a plan for them to come. And so they all uh, went back to get their families, uh, you know, one at a time, and brought their families to the fire station so that they felt safe and all together. Because as firefighters, I mean, how how can you function when you've got, in the back of your mind, how's my family? Is my family okay? So being prepared is the key. You know, you can't predict these things. You can't predict emergencies, but you can prepare. And I think that's what My Safe LA has done to the community by teaching us all and the importance of the Fire Department of Los Angeles and all the fire departments in Southern California. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. And so we have to be prepared. That's the key. We can't predict, but we can prepare and we've come a long way since, uh, since those early 90s.
0: Yeah, we certainly learned a lot from um, the Northridge earthquake about automatic gas valve shutoffs and things like that. Um, you, your big takeaway from that day was the preparedness aspect of it. You felt like you could really do your job better because you knew your family was okay because you had actually given them what at the time probably wasn't a very – um, fun Christmas present, you know, disaster packs for everybody. But boy, I'm, I'm sure everybody was pretty thankful. You know, uh, that they, you they did, they, I time. must admit,
1: Todd, they did tease me,
0: uh, but I don't yeah. care.
1: Uh, you <laughs> know, when when that morning came and they were warm, they had shoes on, they were out of their pajamas. We had a plan. We notified our family. So to let them know that we were okay. And then uh, God bless my wife. I mean, she went back into the house uh, soon after After all the aftershocks uh, were stopping and she started the massive cleanup. And uh, my house was as if it was tipped upside down, shaken violently, and then right-sided back up. And it was an absolute mess. And uh, on time, time again, I, I show the pictures of our home to friends who have never endured an earthquake. And the picture tells a thousand words, that's for sure.
0: Well, I would love to see some of those pictures sometime, Chief. For a lot of us, the idea of getting ready for an earthquake is, is somewhat overwhelming. I always, you know, counsel people to kind of break it down a little bit and try to do um, a, a little in, in pieces, maybe, maybe do one thing every weekend for, for several weeks. Um, what do you, what do you think about that idea?
1: Catastrophes are overwhelming, no doubt about it. Everyone has the apathetic attitude. Well, it's not going to happen to me. And I think that's probably the best way how to do it. Cause if you do it all at one time and you go to the, the different hardware stores that are around and, and, go in and spend all the money and what do you get and how do you do it, the simple little things of what you can do in your own home by having the tools and equipment, showing your family how to use them, teaching them how to, where the gas meter even is, where the water meters are, and uh, how, to use, how to use the special tools that you've either had taped. In you know, my home, I've got uh, wrenches taped to the gas. And just because there's an earthquake doesn't mean that you shut the gas off. Only if you smell gas is when you shut the gas off. And that's a big misnomer is that people think, oh, my God, an earthquake, I've got to shut the gas off. The only reason why you shut the gas off is if you smell gas. So I think you're, you've are certainly got it right. You did a little bit at a time, and then you practice it, and you move on to the next thing, and you practice that. But once you have a plan, I can tell you from personal experience, when we gathered in the backyard. We had a location where we were to meet. We had a communication plan to call my in-laws to bring their motor home uh we had a plan and when you have a plan honestly uh you i was comforted because i knew what we had to do and and we weren't as destructive as northridge meadows you know our house had significant damage the walls were down um you know we had knickknacks broken things cracked walls things like that but intact for the most part our house was livable and uh, we just had to clean up the mess and put put everything back in its closets and we were good to go but since that time, you know, my encouragement to my family and to my wife is that you know the menageries that are around on on uh, tabletops or on uh, on shelves in the kitchen or shelves in the living room, you know, where are those things going to be going in time of emergency? So we've got things, uh, you know, secured down, big big pieces of uh, furniture, television sets, things like that, because really, literally, everything was down off the wall. Pictures, the TV that was on the on the ledges, and so I think your idea of a little bit of time is is, is a way to go because it's it's not overwhelming, and and to the, the, the breach the fact of apathy that it won't happen to to me, and that's the biggest thing too is uh, crossing that bridge.
0: So you, in back in 1993, were already thinking about earthquake preparedness and and had already made a plan for your family before the Northridge earthquake hit, which gave you that sense of calmness and 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 ability to, to act and not panic and just run out of the house or something.
1: Right. You know, um, when when well, I used to be an instructor in the academy, a fire academy, you know, they say that a true leader is someone who can keep his head or her head when all about them are losing theirs. And I think, for, you know, at the time, you know, that's 20 years ago, that, you know, I'm 15, 16 years on the fire department and an instructor in the academy for many years and a captain in a very – prominent station in Hollywood if if I don't lead and I don't have my my firefighters prepared or my family prepared then what what type of leader am I I'm just all all words and no actions and I think uh, our, our, I encourage you know, family households uh, whether you're a single parent or father or mother take the time and spend with your children and practice and drill this weekend might even be a good time or you know to, to say okay this weekend we're going to practice what uh, exit drills in the home.
0: It really is that simple, and um, like I was saying, you you were so prepared before the Northridge earthquake, it's 20 years later. Was there anything that you learned from the quake itself that would allow you today to be more prepared?
1: It's interesting. My wife, you know, I thought I was smart, but we all know our wives are smarter. I had tall trash cans uh, that were filled with, you know, all of our materials, and it was on wheels. But she told me just here two weeks ago, you know, I I can't manage that trash can. So we went and got smaller, you know, kind of a treasure chest or a hope chest or a cedar chest style of compartment on wheels that she could manage. And I never thought about that. Because sometimes you think, well, I'll be home when this catastrophe hits. Well, what if I'm not home? And she has to move uh, that material by herself. She would never have been able to do it. And I never thought about it. I never thought that my wife could not handle that, and so we just transferred all of our uh, supplies. We went went through our supplies, as matter of fact, and uh, I transferred them to the lower chest-like um, containers. Rubber, rubber are made, things that are out there are available for us to purchase so that a kid could take it or a, a wife could take it, not the husky firefighter who could handle the 30-gallon trash can on wheels.
0: And we also have to remember that as time goes by, our own physical abilities change. So we have to kind of uh, um, change the you know what we what we're able to handle and what we're able to, to move around and, and so forth. So we have to kind of you know um, move with the times. Um, what what are some of the things that that you are uh, that you put together at for your home to make sure that you've got everything you need um, in case in case you're on your own for three to five days after an earthquake.
1: Well, I'm thinking to myself, what was interrupted? I mean, we just saw here recently on the East Coast where uh, a community in the Virginias didn't have any water and they didn't have any water for three or four days. I realized that water and hygiene are probably one of the most important uh, items that we overlook and we take for granted. And, um, you know, I also filled my earthquake kits with food that could be mixed with water to able to survive uh because you might not have the cooking facilities you might not have um the the tools and equipment necessary to to cook but uh you know I've got things in that uh in the the kits that could be mostly mixed with water uh you know, pastas um, noodles soup things that uh, easily can be fixed uh Cooking materials that you can go to the, you know, those army surplus stores and purchase these things. You can go online, and think and find things that will. Uh, you can take a, a grocery cart and go to the ninety-nine cent store, and get some many many things that uh, might be fit your budget uh, to get through uh, foods and acquire things, including, you know, candies and some other things that the children might need: coloring books, um, reading material, glasses. I, one of the biggest things I realized that a flashlight was just a, a tall cylinder to store dead batteries. And yeah. uh, it's interesting because, you know, I check my flashlights all the time because light and knowledge is so much important because knowledge is power. Fear fear is lack of knowledge. So the reason why people fear is that they don't know what to do is because they have no knowledge on, on what to do. And sometimes it's right at your fingertips, a phone book that you might have stuffed in a drawer in the kitchen, inside of the phone book. There are disaster preparedness tips, things that you can communicate or look to who can help you in time of need, how to call the fire department, how to contact your neighbors, how to contact your family. So those are some of the things I'm constantly reevaluating. Every weekend that I, I have free, I'm thinking about what can I do to prepare.
0: Chief, thank you so much. Your knowledge, your perspective, your experience will surely help all of us. Uh, who are listening here prepare for the next damaging earthquake that hits here in Southern California. I want well, really to thank also My Safe
1: LA for the work that you do, not only in our schools, but preparing our communities for the work that has to be done. And, and it's a great partnership and we're very proud of you and, and uh, really appreciate what you're doing.
0: Thank you so much, chief. So join us again for this ongoing series of special My Safe LA fire and life safety podcasts featuring your LAFD first responders who stood ready that day 20 years ago, and they stand ready today to help save lives and property no matter what. I'm Todd Lights from MySafeLA. You've been listening to a MySafeLA fire and life safety podcast. MySafeLA is the public education partner of the Los Angeles Fire Department. Visit us at MySafeLA.org and LAFD.org.